1: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-sports.com. The Division I Council, NCAA Division I Council, has voted to approve voluntary athletic activities in football, basketball, and we're going to talk about that today because this is huge news. Now, the SEC still has to approve everything on Friday, lift their ban, but we're going to get into that and more. Pete Rouillet is also going to join us. It's all happening on Hogsports Live. So this is big news, obviously, something that we've been waiting on. There's been a lot of talk back and forth whether or not we will play football this season and, of course, basketball a little farther off. So most of the talk has been about football season. So I've, I've run some interesting polls also that we'll talk about, and uh, and Pete will have some stuff to us also on the transfer portal. I want to remind everybody before we get started, of course, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen, always streaming on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. We're almost up to 80,000 follows on Facebook Live. I'd love to hit that mark before football season starts. Also on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please throw us a five-star review and say something nice about us if you like the content. It definitely helps bump our channel up, and we're also available anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast right now hogsports.com is 60% off or $1 for your first month so be sure to go sign up right now I think it breaks down to like 12 cents a day 83 cents a week uh, for great insider Razorback coverage and it's not just stuff that's going on right now because recruiting most of our VIP stuff is recruiting stuff and that stuff never ends but it does look more and more like we're going to have football season this year so that's very exciting. I ran a poll about three weeks ago just on whether or not people thought football would return. So this was on, when did I run this? April 29th, April 29th. 63% of those who answered out of 1,822 people, 63% said yes, that there will be football in 2020 with or without fans. 37% said no. I ran the same poll Almost exactly three weeks later, May 18th, presented to the same group of people. There's no way to tell if the same people voted. Obviously, that probably didn't happen. But presented to the same group of people on Twitter around the same time of day, 78% said yes, that college football will return. 22% said no. That's a pretty drastic difference. That's 15%. That's 15% of people changing their minds. I thought that was really Interesting. So it doesn't mean we're having football. It doesn't even – SEC still, again, has to lift the ban on Friday. They will do that. I think we all expect that. But I think more and more, when we look at the situation that we're in, we have to take steps to reopen. I've said before, I think we made the proper moves in shutting things down. And now that we know more about the virus, there are more things that can help all of those things factored in. I mean, when I I watch the news and I watch um, the press conferences, the cabinet meetings, all that stuff, and I watch all that stuff in full, what I see is encouraging signs of different drugs, different combinations of drugs, helping people. Uh, A lot of encouraging things on vaccines, which that's farther away. That's not gonna really impact football season, I don't think, because it it is farther away. Um, The signs of people reopening, it doesn't seem to have this dramatic increase. I think for the most part, not everywhere, but most part, people are being careful. People are practicing social distancing, wearing masks, doing the things that they need to do. I've also seen you know, encouraging things about the ultraviolet light in subway cars in New York. I think that's big. But when we think about the other things also, uh, I also saw that, so in the United States, they diagnose 1.7 million cancer cases every year with this period, they're down 80% overall on cancer screenings, 90% on colonoscopies, 87% on uh, mammograms. They project that they have probably missed the opportunity to diagnose 300,000 people with cancer. And as we know with cancer, it's all about catching it early, right? So that's terrifying to me. I mean, 300,000 people. They also project 65,000 people from a mental health and a drug abuse standpoint, an additional 65,000 people will die this year as a result of this. And, you know, just a lot of the effects of staying in quarantine, you know, drastic changes to your lifestyle, how that can affect people mentally. And so there are all kinds of offshoots that we're learning about uh, that or repercussions of shutting down, which again, I think we had to do, but I think we're also taking the right steps in phasing this thing out and opening up. And I know sports, football, that's a different thing. But also, I mean, people are being ruined financially, and if you don't think football impacts the economy, you'd you'd be very wrong, especially in the southeast. I don't know how it's going to work out with everywhere because everywhere has a different situation, but I think it is more and more encouraging now, whether there are fans there or not, that we will have football. Bentonville Public Schools, Indicated that they're going to have classes in the fall, with the option to do at home, work virtual. You'll you'll still be able to do that, but you also it looks like you'll you'll be able to do things traditionally. My daughter's teacher sent a picture of their classroom. They've got all their stuff that's still there, bagged up, and it's just completely empty and sanitized and all that stuff. Um, airplanes. I saw something interesting on airplanes. You know where they're spraying all the airplanes in between. My wife was like, I've been wanting them to do that anyway for years. <laughs> So some encouraging things happening. Obviously, the death toll is at ninety three thousand. That's just horrendous. But I think we're taking the right steps in the right directions. We have to get back. I think there's no right answer to this. I mean, people are still going to continue to die. I don't think that the thing has always been about limiting. I mean, not stopping everybody, I should say, from getting coronavirus. At you know when we reopen. Obviously, we'd hope that happens with a vaccine, but. It's always, To me, it's always been about flattening the curve, making sure we don't overwhelm medical staff, making sure we have PPE and ventilators and all that stuff. And that stuff seems to be happening. Now it's just a matter of opening things up. I did go to a restaurant. I sat outside on a patio. We were separated. We were very careful. We did that on Sunday. It was nice. I was a little hesitant to go in, but it was nice. And we sat outside the whole time. So it doesn't look like there's going to be one-time NCAA transfer waivers until at least 2021, 2022. That's another thing that's come out. Um, There has been a lot of talk about allowing athletes one time to transfer if they don't like their situation, whether they're a freshman or whatever. I do not like this rule, and I'll tell you why. And I'm all for athlete rights, and I think everything's moving towards that, but – I think there's also other elements that you have to protect. The game, people's interest in the game, fans, coaches, all that stuff has to be protected. It's not just the athletes, although they're very important, obviously. I don't mean to mitigate that. But if you talk to just about any Razorback player, they will tell you at some point in their freshman year they wanted to transfer. They wanted to quit. I mean, that just, that just happens, whether it's homesick, whether it's grueling hard, whether it's just the adjustment, the change, they'll all tell you that. My personal opinion, I wish the NCAA would listen to me. I'm all for adopting this free one-time transfer waiver after you're a sophomore, whether it's redshirt sophomore or true sophomore. But after you have completed your sophomore season, you have two years of eligibility left, then you can go anywhere you want. That's my opinion. Because after a couple of years, if you're not factoring in the coach is probably fine with you going anyway, right? You, the way the, the scholarship works out, with 85 on scholarship and now more players redshirting than ever, you cannot bring in a class of 25, even if you had half and half. So half of your class redshirts, half of it doesn't. You can't bring in a class of 25 every year under the scholarship limits. It just uh, It doesn't add up. You have to have attrition. You have to have like seven players a year leave As crazy as that sounds, if you want to sign a full class of 25 every year, that doesn't include putting walk-ons on scholarship and all things like that. So you have to have attrition if you want to sign a full class. So I think it makes sense after you've given it the good college try, after your sophomore year, you've completed it, then let's talk about the ability to transfer without restriction. That's what I think. I think that's a good solution. I think it's kind of a meet-in-the-middle type of deal. I don't think that they will do that. I think they'll end up doing this. Anybody gets to transfer anytime. you'll see a ton of freshmen transfer after their first year. I guarantee it. I guarantee you that's what this will do because there's nothing standing in the way of, I miss my girlfriend, I'm homesick, I'm not getting the playing time that I thought I would get right off the bat. All of those types of aspects come into play i'll just quit i'll enter the transfer portal sam Pittman's policy if you enter the transfer portal then you enter the transfer portal and you're not returning and that's what we've seen play out there so i'm not a, i'm not a supporter of the one-time transfer wa- waiver without the caveat of after two years i think that makes sense why don't we have to jump in with both feet and maybe if that works out i don't know who knows where we go after that but let's take steps there's been so many changes so many rule changes Lately, that you don't have a control. You, in, in science, you need a control to measure it up against. And you change a bunch of rules all at once. There's no way to really tell what might be working and what might not be working. I love this feature that we came out with on 24-7 Sports. People always ask one of the reasons, why, to, Trey, why did you move to 24-7 Sports? And it was one of the reasons I gave from the very beginning is these guys are always thinking forward. In the two years that we've been with 24-7, we've doubled in size, more than doubled in size, way more than doubled in size, and they've completely redone 99% of the entire website. The message board, state-of-the-art, you'll never find a better message board layout functionality anywhere in the world for any type of category, whether it's shopping for groceries or cars or sports. And now we have the confidence meter, so the crystal ball was a pretty revolutionary deal along with... Two of the things that I thought really helped separate 24/7 Sports when it was coming up was the confidence. meet or excuse me, was the crystal ball, where experts can project where athletes are going. It keeps a score for the experts. It also paints a good picture for, for the uh, the our subscribers on where athletes are going. But uh, that and the composite ranking, taking all, uh, it used to be Scout, Rivals, 24/7 Sports, and ESPN. Now. Rob, uh, tw- excuse me 24 7 has absorbed scout so now it's just the three but they combine all of those and come up with a composite ranking which again back to science most scientists will tell you a larger sample size is better. I really like what our analysts do specifically on 24 7 sports but the composite ranking makes a lot of sense I think also. But now we have the we have the confidence meter so you can you can rank so I can go on so I say all right Ketron Jackson. I think he's going to end up at Arkansas. I think he's got a top 14 right now. <laughs> but I'd say I think he's going to come, up, come to Arkansas. He's a four-star wide receiver out of Royce City, Texas. So I can go on there. If I'm pretty confident about it, I might put it, you know, at a seven confidence scale. If I think he's definitely coming, I'll put it as a 10. That's a lock. Almost you know, a nine. Now say things change drastically. There's no more foggy. You can't do like I'm a foggy on it. So you have to have some kind of confidence level. So you might drop it all the way down to a one or a two, you know, if things change drastically. And I think that all of that helps paint the picture. Also, we have lead experts, which the lead expert, when we factor in a percentage of where the you know, what the athlete stands at, there are five lead experts, up to five lead experts, and their opinions weigh in 75% of the percentage where we think the athlete is going. And that kind of eliminates the tag-along. Um, you know, somebody maybe I see St- Steve Wiltfong, and I was like, oh, Steve Wiltfong's 90% right all the time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on this. And that really doesn't help paint the picture for you if I'm just a tag-along crystal baller. <laughs> so... It makes sense to have it that way. Anyway, some kinks are still being worked out, but it's a really nice feature. Just one more way that 24-7 sports uh, has separated itself from the rest of the industry. We're going to have Pete Rouillet on. Pete, if you're listening, I think I've gone a little bit longer than I meant to. I said 15 minutes, but it's going to be a little bit longer. Sorry. Hold on, brother. So, Arkansas to participate in the 2021 Hall of Fame Classic. That's Arkansas basketball. It's in Kansas City, not too far away. About, what, three hours from Fayetteville? November 21st, 2021. So, it's a year away, over a year away. Pretty cool deal. Let's see, where is everybody else? Um, I can't find out where where do we have everybody else. Anyway, they're playing in this tournament. It's newsworthy. <laughs> College of Basketball's top 2020 recruiting classes have been finalized. Arkansas finished with the number six ranked class in the country. Uh, and this is a composite score combining ESPN, Rivals, 24-7 sports, combining them all together. Rivals just came out with their final rankings. They were the last one to come out with their final rankings for basketball, so that's why this is just final right now. But Arkansas comes in number six in the country. Number one, Kentucky Wildcats, who have finished first like six out of the last ten years. North Carolina Tar Heels at two. Duke Blue Devils at three. Tennessee Volunteers at four. LSU Tigers at five. And the Arkansas Razorbacks at six. Moses Moody, number 43 in the country. K.K. Robinson, number 57 in the country. Jalen Williams, number 76 in the country. And Devontae Davis, number 104. So Arkansas almost – with four players inside the top 100. K.K. Robinson actually on 24-7 sports is actually ranked ahead of Moody. K.K. is 37 nationally on 24-7 sports. So he's actually passed, in the minds of 24-7 sports, actually passed Moses Moody, who is 38th nationally. So 24-7 sports has both those guys ranked a little higher than the composite does. And I believe rivals has Jalen Williams ranked much higher than the rest of the, uh, the ranking community does. Round out the top ten, Auburn Tigers number seven, Arizona Wildcats number eight, Texas Tech Red Raiders at nine, and the Oklahoma State Cowboys at ten. So that's your top ten recruiting classes. Nice to see Arkansas at number six. It would be great if football could somehow get in that category, but it was a great in-state recruiting class. Not all those guys are playing in-state, but they all came from inside the state. Matt McClung. Said that McClung last time. McClung has cut his list. He's the Georgetown transfer. He will have to sit out a year, 6'2", 186. He was declaring for the NBA draft, withdrew his name, and now will return. Last season, averaged 15.7 points, 3.1 rebounds, 2.4 assists, and was 32.3% uh, from downtown. So Matt McClung is a guy I definitely keep an eye on. We'll get Pete on here in a little bit, and he's going to break down Actually, let's go ahead and get on Pete. How many people we got on here? Okay. Where's Pete's graphic? All right. So for those of you who aren't familiar, Pete does actually most of our content at hogsports.com. Most of his stuff is free, um, but you can read all of that at hawgsports.com. He does a great job for us and been with us for over a year now.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
1: And really has become Mr. Transfer Portal. He, he seems to have all the information when it comes to who's transferring. Hey, Trey, can you hear me? I got you, Pete. How you doing, man? We were just talking a little bit about Matt McClung. Mac McClung, excuse me. And uh I, I keep saying I want to say Matt mccung It's hard. It's <laughs> really Matt, hard. I've been trying Matt to say McClung. It.
0: Yeah, I've, I've known about Matt McClung for a long time because he had one of the coolest high school mixtape videos. Um, you know, those ones with the sweet rap music in the background. And he also had this whole dunk thing with Allen Iverson bowing down to him um, <laughs> in the high school dunk contest. And then, of course, he's Riff Raff's cousin, so there's so much hype surrounding Matt McClung. Riff one of those Raff? Of-
1: I haven't heard yeah, Riff Raff in a long time.
0: Tongue in my job he's <laughs> he's still he's still around but uh yeah. obviously he hasn't put out any bangers lately but he's a huge name man and, and it's really getting the fans excited every time i post on, on matt McClung it gets a lot of interaction because he's such a kind of interesting prospect
1: i think my favorite riff uh, riffraff line is walked in the cu- club with a cup full of motor oil straight balling <laughs> Rose Bowl. <laughs> he's always talking about his Versace,
0: Versace yeah. flip-flops and all that. Man, he's a, he's a really interesting character. The thing about it is he really supports his cousins. Like he, You can check out his Twitter page. He's always posting stuff about Matt McClellan. So, If
1: right? he
0: decides to pick Arkansas out of all those seven schools, you might see um Riffraff and Fayetteville and not just that um, fraternity row, actually, mm-hmm. at the Bud Walton games.
1: So, Pete, do you think we're going to see Arkansas – add a transfer in this class? I mean, where do things stand right now with Isaiah Joe? I know the NBA uh, deadline for withdrawing your name from the draft was pushed back from June 3rd. I'm not sure when the date is now, but I know it was pushed back from June 3rd. So if Isaiah Joe comes back, is Arkansas going to add a transfer? Are they going Do we see some attrition with the uh, roster?
0: Well, I think, I mean, it's kind of up in the air, but from my personal perspective and from what I've known from Musselman, since he got here last year and talking to him, it seems like he's the type of guy to even if you do have all those scholarships, he's going to add the best players that he can on his roster then figure out the scholarships later. Right, And it does feel like he wants a, um, to add a transfer because out of all these guys that still haven't committed to his school, um, a lot of them are including Arkansas on their top list. Mm-hmm. so I think there's definitely a shot that Arkansas has a chance and it's not just top 10 list you got top threes and top five so obviously he's in contact with these guys and wants to add them on the team and we don't know if that's because he feels strongly that Isaiah Joe is going to go or if he's just going to add him because he these guys are actually legit players that could um, contribute
1: mm-hmm. you know I, I personally Pete feel like as much as I loved Arkansas's team last year I feel like that's going to be eric musselman's worst team at arkansas and i used to always say three out of five three out of four years arkansas as a program should always be in the ncaa tournament and then look to build on that after that four out every five years or whatever but i really think with this transfer portal and the way musselman works it and he's kind of been ahead of everybody and everybody's starting to kind of catch up you know aside from a few other coaches it makes the transition years i think a little bit easier where you don't just have these huge dips and where you're calling your team a bunch of young pups like Nolan Richardson used to do.
0: No, right, and it's not just grad transfers that are going to help you out that next season. It's guys like Connor Van over in Jetty Note, who you have mm. in your pocket yep. for that next season. So, yeah, and and like you mentioned, he has been the guy that is the transfer portal guy, and other teams have caught up. Uh, but, and it, what really sucks for a guy like Muslin is teams that catch up like Kentucky, Mm-hmm. or these big programs, that's what's really going to hurt him. But still, he's he's been in all these top lists, and, and every transfer he's contacted, and I don't think that's going to change. And he can, he's can he got a resume, and he can be like, hey, I've done it before, I'm the transfer guy, and I can make a career better. Look at what I did with Jimmy Witt. He's averaged more points in his career at Arkansas than he did um, at SMU, mm-hmm. and then there's other, there's other examples of what he's done. And he's going to continue to do that and just build his resume as a transfer guy
1: really feel like Arkansas hit a home run with Eric Musselman. I think that's kind of been the stance for most Razorback fans. So, Pete, can you just kind of run down where things are right now with the guys that Arkansas is in on? I think we may have done that recently. But uh, just where right. Arkansas is with players who are, I don't know, mentioned yeah. in Arkansas, I guess. It seems like everybody is.
0: <laughs> right. Well, there's four guys that have their list cut down that include Arkansas right now. Starting with Ethan Weaver, or Elijah Weaver, I'm sorry, USC's transfer. And these guys are all going to be sit one. And uh, before I get into that, they mentioned, I think it was yesterday, that they're not going to do the one-time waiver. So these guys are definitely going to have to sit out a year unless they get some kind of hardship waiver. Mm-hmm. So Elijah Weaver, USC, he's got his list down to three. And he's also considering Dayton and UCF, 6'6", 210, average 6.6 points and 2.4 boards. Um, not anything special, but he was one of those guys that was a big-time recruit out of high school. Um, see, maybe if you get him in the right situation, he can unlock his full potential. Nike Sabande is a guy that's had his list cut for some time now, 6'4", 183, out of Miami, Ohio. Probably one of the best guards in the MAC. Um, he averaged 13.9 points last season, but for his career, he's averaging 15.1 points. So kind of like Vance Jackson, his New Mexico swing man, that's the great transfer um, Had a down year this last season, but, again, get him in the right situation, get him with Eric Musselman, and kind of unlock his true potential. He's down to five, um, and he's also looking at Alabama, Georgetown, Xavier, and Georgia, in addition to Arkansas. Bo Hodges um, is another guy, Eastern Tennessee State University. He, unle- he released his top five, 6'4", 190, average 12.7 points, 5.8 boards, 2.5 assists. Um, he's down to Arkansas, Minnesota butler and tennessee state but it's also interesting he included eastern tennessee in his top five and i think that's always interesting you've already seen it a couple of times during this off season that guys from smaller schools will kind of test the market and they look at the roster and be like um i'm good over here i'm good being the star over eastern tennessee so i could see him going back there but obviously arkansas is in the top five that made an impression and then as you mentioned mac mcclung i don't know if you got his stats or not but uh, 15.7 points per game, 3.1 rebounds and 2.4 assists, only 6-2. Um, small little guy, but like I said, if you go out and watch his highlights, he's exciting, he's electric. Um, I guess one of the issues would be can he play defense uh, in the SEC? He tested the NBA waters and decided to come back. Um, it looked like he was going to get drafted, but what NBA scouts kind of told him was that he needs to work on his skills as a distributor mm-hmm. and i think muscleman might be one of those guys that can help him with that um he's down to seven florida auburn texas a&m usc byu wake forest tennessee wait no i'm sorry that's a, that was the people that originally contacted him mm-hmm. it is a uh, top seven let me go back to that it's texas tech byu auburn memphis usc and wake forest and uh, wake forest has actually been pretty active in the transport mo- transfer portal and they've got a few guys so that they're Look out for them. But that's what you're looking at right now, guys that have really cut down and are looking at Arkansas. And then, of course, he's contacted several other guys. But um, those are the guys that you really have to look to and say that actually they might come to Arkansas.
1: Appreciate that, Pete. Hey, I wanted to switch gears on you a little bit. Obviously, the big news of the the D1 Council uh, voting to approve voluntary athletic activities in football and basketball. Now, for those who don't know what voluntary athletic activities Uh, activities in the summer mean it means that they are mandatory they are voluntary unless you don't want to play
0: (laughs) this isn't the nfl
1: (laughs) i mean technically but yeah it's not the nfl voluntary in college means get your butt get your butt up here so but i think everybody is i think all the players just based on you know what what i hear behind the scenes that they're all anxious to get back to work and it'll be interesting to see i mean uh i talked to barry odom yesterday and um, he was saying that uh, he thinks everybody's going to be back in shape. You know, he, he expect every, you know everybody's hungry and stuff. I don't know if that's 100% that everybody will be back in shape, you know, in, in great shape. Right. Somebody out there didn't do what they're supposed to be doing, you know. Somebody needs a little bit more motivation than they would normally get. And I've always said also back when players used to actually stay home, when voluntary, you know, did mean voluntary, and players some players would choose to stay home, and come back and run the conditioning test, they Uh, really rarely ever, ever passed because they're not getting pushed by a guy like Jamil Walker, you know, out in the heat until they vomit, you know, they're, they're going to stop or, you know, when you have somebody pushing you, it's a little bit different or you're working in a group. To me, it's always, you always push yourself a little farther, even when you're lifting weights, you know, when you're lifting weights, lifting by yourself, first of all, is dangerous. Secondly, you're (laughs) not going to put as much on the bar because you know that if you can't get this last rep, then you're in trouble, you know. Uh, Somebody encouraging you to, hey, get one more, man. Get one more, you know. Or, hey, let's get a negative. You know, all of those things, those finishing types things after you do some reps, you know, those are the types of things that really add a lot of muscle, so. uh, Well, and
0: you're also looking at the guy next to you who's trying to take your position, seeing what he's trying to do. I mean, competition breeds, you know, excellence, so. And I think it'll be interesting to see. And you also talked to Sam Pittman not too long ago and he was talking about we're in contact with these guys and most of them we, we figure are doing what you know we're telling them to do mm-hmm. he's pretty confident in that but not everyone has a weight room you know
1: Pete have you met it's, anybody with coronavirus
0: I, I haven't yeah. I, you know I, anybody I know, like, there was a there was a like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon type deal I talked right. to my buddy's mom the other day and her Cousin has it, and then there's a couple cases like that, but nobody that I particularly know has coronavirus. There's
1: been a couple of people on our on our message board that has uh-huh. uh, one person believes he had it or what did have it, and another person thinks that maybe their son has it. You know, so there's been some cases like that. Actually, for me, I on let's see when was that M- uh, March 11th, right before everything shut down. I remember this. I was in Nashville, and the person. Sitting next to me for six hours, direct right shoulder to shoulder next to me for six hours, um, did not make the dinner that night and um, was because he was feeling symptoms and um, had coronavirus. And so I, w- I found out this 10 days <sighs> later. So I locked down for the next four days. I never showed any symptoms. Nobody in my family ever showed any symptoms, but I do want to go get the lab test. But that's the only person, it's crazy because it's right at the start of this thing. That's uh-huh. the only person I know personally who had it, and I was sitting next to him for six hours. I mean, I was—I'm usually on pretty high alert anyway. You know, you know me. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> and I was extra—you know—extra alert uh, at that time. But I'm not like somebody. I, I wasn't wearing a mask in the airport at that time. You know, I would now, but at that time yes. I wasn't. Um, well, so. I was
0: joking with. Danny, because I know you were with Danny. I was joking with Jan Danny, like, oh, how's Trey doing? Is he purelling all the time? And he was like, no, Trey's actually pretty chill about it.
1: Yeah. Um, I wasn't – my opinions of it changed. They, they go back and forth. Right. Like, I, I think Same. that we made the right choice, and I don't want to repeat myself because I said earlier, but I think we made the right choice in shutting down. I think we're making the right choice in opening up as long as trends are staying the way they are. You know, you're not seeing, like, this, these spikes in Georgia and Florida, two places that kind of got criticized a lot early on for the yep. way that they handled things uh so you're not seeing you know dramatic spikes there with, the, with those places opening up and so hopefully it continues well, hopefully the trend well, goes this way i think it has to for the sanity of most people and, and the, the health outside of coronavirus so the health of most people
0: i'll say for myself it just it feels like it's really gonna get back to normal because i was at mexico viejo this weekend much to my parents dismay when I told them about it because mm-hmm. they're always keeping themselves pretty quarantined. But um, it felt really normal. you got to wear a mask when you go in, and then you can take it off when you sit down. And once you're sat down, it's completely normal. You can mm-hmm. order a beer on the draft. You can uh, you know, mm-hmm. have chips and salsa. It felt so good to go out and yeah. eat. And I felt like, okay, so this is going to end eventually. And then June 1st, that's not far away, man.
1: No, we're a little over a week. But, yeah, I yeah. went to uh, I went to a place this weekend. We sat on the patio, just had drinks and um, yeah. you know, some light appetizers and stuff. Just kind of get out and, and do it. But I think it makes sense to wear a mask when you enter uh, a building like that because you don't know who's coming in and out, you know, all kinds of things like that. So right. it makes sense to do that until you get to your table, But you, and then you can take your mask off. Um, so hopefully things continue. All right, Absolutely. Pete, you got anything else to add?
0: No, nah, man. Thanks for having me on.
1: All right. Appreciate you, Pete. That's Pete yeah, Rouillet. I was actually put up Keith Grayson a graphic on you. That's Pete Rouillet. Uh, Pete does a great job for us again at hogsports.com. We're going to get to some of your questions and comments now and a couple of other things that I wanted to go over. But first, again, 60% off right now at hawgsports.com. It breaks down to like, I think it's three fifty eight a month. And you're going to want this when football season opens. You know, uh, I think a lot of people, we we had a ton of new subscribers during the coaching search, and a lot of people haven't seen us cover, obviously, spring football, but haven't seen the way we cover a football season. And We really go above and beyond, really in-depth, overanalyze everything. And uh, so for the true diehard Razorback fan, you definitely want to take advantage of the 60% off offer. Okay. What else did I want to get to here? Did Matt McClellan. Okay, so Brad Crawford had an article about every one SEC player that must step up for each team. Uh, there was a similar article earlier just about, you know, guys to watch. And, you know, they were asking me about it. And I was like, Traylon Burks. Gotta look out for Traylon Burks. And he's such a unique athlete. And I have a a, a nice, I think it's a nice story on on 24 7 Sports, Hogsports.com, just about Trailing And, you know, some of the things that Kendall Brown said about him recently, he's a guy that I think needs to touch the ball 15 times a game in some capacity. I think he averaged, including kickoff returns, punt returns, receptions, and rushes, I think he averaged like 4.8 touches a game last year, which is inexcusable to me. I don't I don't understand why you wouldn't feed that guy the ball as much as possible in every capacity, why he wasn't returning kicks to start the year. 6'3", 231 pounds. I mean – I've said before, I just think the guy through his, you know, Burks has green eyes and they they really stand out, very focused looking. I just think he sees the world differently than most people. You know, i, I said before, like he didn't ever go to any camps, didn't care to go to any camps. If, he would, if he'd if he gone to camps, he wouldn't have been rated the number 104-ranked prospect in the country. He'd been way higher if he'd gone to camps. He's still a four-star, which is very rare for a player to get a four-star ranking if they haven't been seen in person by our national analysts, they had to go off of people like Danny, me, you know, people who've seen him and he has got a, you know, a 23 minute highlight video, which that's great and all, but really you need about a five minute highlight video, you know, at the longest that you need. So, you know, keep it to strictly highlights. So none of that stuff helped trailing. but as I said, before he committed, you know, he was going to be a guy that didn't come out with the top five or anything like that, or announcement for announcement. He was just going to announce it and then, disappear to go fishing or watch a Western, an old Western. <laughs> that's, that's just kind of Traylon Burks, just a, a different kind of guy. Um, I don't know if he's still doing it now, but when this thing started, Traylon Burks went and got a job in construction when the coronavirus stuff started. Went and got a job in construction, which is the most Traylon Burks thing ever. Anyway, this article, one player that must step up for every team, took a defensive side of the ball and it's Bumper Pool. Bumper Pool can be a popular pick because he's got a name that stands out. I've said before, if Bumper Pool gets 100 tackles in a season, he's almost a lock to get all SEC because the name jumps out. So Bumper Pool, a guy that can help shore up things in the middle of Arkansas's defense, that's who they say. Bud Elliott, who's been a great addition to the 24-7 sports family, national football guy, at Arkansas, keep an eye on the middle of the defense where the Razorbacks could use an enforcer. The Razorbacks allowed explosive runs in 2019 like it was going out of style. It'll need bumper pull to make more stops before those runs get deep, Elliott said. We also have an article on uh, from Barry Odom just talking about his keys to stopping big plays, chunk plays as they call them. An article from Alex Seats from our national desk. We've got like over a dozen reporters from our national desk that just churn out content, great content. I mean, and we've really just kind of doubled the size of our national desk. And this is one of the articles because CBS Sports has Sam Pittman ranked 65 out of 65 coaches in Power 5 football, 65th, which is an easy spot. I mean, it's easy to put Sam Pittman there. He's taken over a 4-20 and program. He has no head coaching experience. Makes sense to put him there. These things are so often based off of what happened last year or maybe the last two or three years. I don't think Pittman will be there long. I think he's going to pull Arkansas out of this hole. I think that they'll – again, people have said, like, that's not a big deal. I think they'll win an SEC game next year. They haven't done it the last two years. I remember the LSU game when they won it. They broke a 17-game SEC losing streak, and they tore the goalpost down. They got excited about that. So 24-7 sports, this has kind of been a long time coming. Uh, updated their uh, top two four seven for college football rankings. And there's several Arkansas prospects in there. This is a free article you can read from Danny West and also take a look at the ranking. One guy that jumps out, A.J. Green, he's my favorite running back that Arkansas is in on. And has been. He's out of Tulsa Union. Number 111 overall prospect in the country. Listed as a cornerback slash running back. You know, he's 5'11", 190. He's got good size. But he is explosivo. 10.38. 100-meter time. Personal best. Regular 10-5 guy. This guy can burn. He only moved one spot. I mean... This ranking isn't like a huge, like you see guys move a lot. It's like there's been guys that they need to get in the ranking and they haven't been, and that's what you see. I mean, A.J. Green moved from 112 to 111. You know, Ketron Jackson, who I mentioned earlier, moved from 155 to 156. Theodore Knox of the Woodlands in Texas comes in at 174. Rayshon Benny, these are guys that Arkansas is in good shape with out of Michigan, moves from 192 to 198. Andrew McCuba out of Austin, Texas, number 208. Tommy Hill dropped six spots, Went for, or moved up six spots from unranked to number – no, excuse me, I read that wrong. He moved to number 217 <clears throat> from unranked. This is the kind of guy that we're talking about, guys that needed to be in the 24-7 and we haven't had a chance to put them in. It's not like we had a bunch of new stuff to evaluate, you know. Dominic Lovett moved from 219 to 226. Terry Wells, who is committed to Arkansas, moved from 238 to 245. And Drayden Norwood rounds out the list at number 247. Drayden Norwood from Fort Smith Northside, a four-star. Terry Wells is also a four-star prospect on 24-7 sports. I don't know that he is on any other service, but he is on 24-7. So those are some of the – that's about, I think, maybe 10 guys <clears throat> Excuse me, that Arkansas is in great shape with. Good shape, I should say. Decent to good shape. Another guy that Danny really likes and has a crystal ball pick-in is for Raheem Rocket Sanders, 6'2", 210 wide receiver. Danny has a crystal ball pick-in for him. Arkansas, Florida State, Missouri, Oklahoma, South Carolina, a few of the offers that he has. Got Got a really strong offer list. 24-7 Twenty four seven sports has him the number twenty athlete prospect in the country a ninety four star. In the composite he's also higher on twenty four seven sports. On the composite he's a shade under four star ranking, just a little bit. Man, there's a, a long list of athletes, former athletes, those uh, who are in sports. There's thirty seven people on this list here who have been diagnosed with coronavirus. I mean, everybody from, what, Doris Burke to, uh, well, I mean, everybody from Doris Burke to Richard Richardson, who's a former Razorback who who passed away, unfortunately, at the age of 60 of COVID-19-related complications. Former Razorback, played in 1979 to 1982. So, thoughts with his family, for sure. All right. We're going to transition over to your questions. How long have we gone here? Perfect. All right. Timothy David Long says, Trey, what's up, buddy? Whoopik Sui, what's up, Timothy? Josh Howard says, give us the scoop, Biddy. Just trying, trying to do what we can, man. Hello, Gary Thomas. Bill Tatum says, West Memphis. J.W. Hill says, finally turning a quarter. Thank God. Thank you, indeed. Andy McAdams says, love the show. Thanks for all y'all do. Appreciate you, Andy. Thanks for tuning in. Pat Graham Frick says, cancer sucks. Lost my whole family to do it last year. Bring on football. God bless teachers and all the health people. Echo that. Sorry about the family, man. Awful. Donnell Poole says, let's go Hogs for next year. David Baller says, what's the word about football season? Is it going to start on time or what? Right now, things are trending for it to start on time. What they've said is they need six weeks, and this gives them beyond that. I mean, more than that. They need six weeks. So, that, I mean, I'm not saying that's like a finalization. And again, tomorrow we'll find out from the SEC if they're going to lift the ban too. I would expect the SEC to lift the ban. Player return on June 1st. That's what I think will happen. I think everybody expects that. 93,000. Eric Bricky says ninety three thousand is a stretch because they were saying people died of a heart attack, dead of COVID nineteen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a, I think a lot of people also think that maybe this thing started way earlier and was misdiagnosed. Um, ninety three thousand is you know confirmed deaths, I guess, of COVID nineteen. I mean, I would say this: most of the people, from what I've read, again, I'm not a doctor, but most of the people, from what I've read, don't just die of. Coronavirus, They die of coronavirus and something else, some other underlying issue or, um, you know, age-related. Obviously, it, it's affecting people who are much older than people who are younger. Um, so, yeah, you could be right there, Eric. I mean, there's no way to know 100% because there are probably some that weren't attributed to, to coronavirus. But 93,000 is the official number anyway. Patricia Lunsford says, we pick Sui. Justin Ashmore says, we pick Sui from Jefferson. Trey Biddy is the GOAT. I don't know about that, but I appreciate you saying it, Justin. Jason Sublett says, Trey, what do you want to see from Sam Pittman during his first season of coaching to feel like we have a winning hire for the coming years of Razorback football? I want to see – first of all, a lot of it is what I want to hear. I don't want to hear about division in the locker room, division among coaches, People not doing what they say they do, people being fake, people only showing up for the cameras, people saying cut twice, measure twice and cut once, but not practicing it themselves. All of those types of things is what I want to hear, first of all. Secondly, I want to see a team that comes together that fights for each other, that's bonded, that there's a brotherhood. I want to see, that's what I want to see want to see these guys care about each other, fight for each other, care about their coach, care about their defensive coordinator, want them to succeed. And I've said this before, you know, with Houston Nutt, you can, you can give all the critiques you want about Houston Nutt, but 99.9% of those players loved him and they would fight for him, and they'd go to battle for him. And you saw that, you saw players speaking out on behalf of Houston Nutt when things were going downhill. Bobby Petrino was a little bit different but the players believed in him. So it was a different way of doing things. They didn't like him, but they believed in him. They believed that he would take them to the promised land. He almost did. And then Brett Bielema, kind of the same thing. Players really loved Brett. I think maybe things people felt things slipping away a little bit, but they loved him. Uh, they fought for him. There, There's evidence of games where they could have let go of the rope, but they fought and they battled back. You never saw that with with. With Chad Morris, you never saw a situation where things aren't going right. The team battles back. It just didn't happen. I mean, if it did happen, it was very early. They lost when they lost faith. There was no, there was no coming back from it. Like they may have started the season off thinking things were together, things were united. And you see some cryptic stuff here and there from players, former players of his, but there's no question that they wouldn't fight for him at the end. Wouldn't fight for him. Wouldn't fight for John Chavis. So that's what I want to see. I want to see a team that believes in each other because, and I've said this before, there's no excuse for Arkansas to have only won four games the last two years. The talent may not be great. They may not be good. They may be bad. It's not a horrendous disaster where they should be getting smacked in Razorback Stadium by Western Kentucky Northern uh, North Texas on the road at Colorado State almost losing to Portland State at home, which is an FCS school losing to San Jose State throwing five interceptions in a game I really answered your question there, Jason I hope you feel like you got your time but that's what I want to see and I would love to see some offense some success, some rhythm but mostly I want to see a team. I want to see a team, the sense that that's a team out there, and I never felt that the last two years. Billy Gaithright says, sheep tray. What is that an anagram for? <laughs> Maybe I don't want to hear it. Butch Joyner says, when will all the players be back in Fayetteville? I would assume June 1st. They got, and that's a 30-day period, eight hours a week. I would assume June 1st. That's when the NCAA has outlined it that they can come back, and I would imagine the SEC will approve that. Charles Deering says yesterday, some of them are in Fayetteville. I mean, a lot of them are in Fayetteville now, and some of them, you know, who have needed treatment, have still been able to, you know, go into the facility and everything. Donnie A. Butt says Burks and Boyd both need the ball a lot. Yep, I pointed. You know, speaking of the Western Kentucky game, and it, it just gets me mad when I start thinking about it. But why would Rakeem Boyd have three carries in the first half? That just screams that we don't really have a good, we don't have a game plan. We don't have an idea going in of what we need to accomplish here. He had like eighty-seven three carries for eighty-seven yards or something in the first half, and you can't get him the ball more. Give me a break. Joshua Shiver says, "Who will be the most contributing true freshman for football in your opinion?" It's a great question. The most. Con- Let me look at the list real quick. I want to give this a good answer, some good thought. You know, if I said defensively, I might, I might say um, Miles Slusher. Where's my commitment list? I might say Miles Slusher defensively. Although safeties always scare me as freshmen, but he did enroll early, and that should, excuse me, that should help. Uh, enrolling early, but true freshman safety is the linebacker's always a little bit scary. Come on. There we go. So, out of the freshman, Marcus Henderson, you know, that left guard spot I think is in question. It may not be right off the bat, but out of all of the freshman offensive linemen, he's a guy that stands out to me. So, I might say Marcus Henderson, and I know Sam Pittman likes to play freshman backs, or freshman uh, offensive lineman. I'm going to say Marcus Henderson. That's my pick. I think a lot of the other guys, maybe a little bit more developmental. Miles Slusher or Marcus Henderson. That's my answer out of the freshman. Timothy David Long says, you think Franks could be another Tyler Wilson? I just don't know. I haven't – I don't (laughs) – That's tough to – say. that's asking a lot. I mean, Tyler Wilson had one of the best seasons ever for a Razorback quarterback. But I do think that he can be a good quarterback. And people have said, he probably just – you know, he probably won't be that good. I mean, if he's average, that's a step up. If he is average, an average SEC quarterback, that is a step up. They came out with a list, top 25 quarterbacks in Power 5. And I – actually thought that there was a chance that Felipe Franks might have been on there. Kellen Mond was on there, which I just don't I don't get. But I see things differently, I guess. Donnie A. Butt says, which new linebacker do you think will contribute the most this year? Probably Levi Draper. That might be that might be copping out because he is an older graduate transfer. But if you're asking me to say freshman, uh, you know, Kellen Burrell enrolled early, you know, he's Not as big as some other linebackers, but I would think that maybe he has a possibility. I could see JT Towers, possibly. I'm going to say Burl since he enrolled early. Steve Welton says, listen to you all the time on Drive Time Sports. Thank you, Steve. I don't think Arkansas could have done any better than Sam Pittman. Looking forward to football. Now, let's be clear on this, and I – I'm I've always been a big Sam Pittman fan, you know. I, I love the way he recruits, I love what I hear from other people about him. You never hear anybody say anything bad about Sam Pittman. I mean, even if you look for it. So I do think that, you know, Sam Pittman, Arkansas fell to Sam Pittman. I mean, there there were other coaches that were ahead of him. He wasn't the first choice, okay? But neither was Dabo probably. Ed Orgeron probably wasn't. There are a lot of coaches that weren't first choices. But also look at not just Sam Pittman, but you know, adding a guy like Barry Odom, I mean, that is a home-run, grand slam defensive coordinator hire. I mean, at least on the surface, you're not going to hire a more qualified defensive coordinator in the country than Barry Odom. And then Kendall Briles, look at what he's done throughout his career. I mean, he's had one – like the Florida State – um, year last year wasn't spectacular on offense for the first time at every stop he's been whether it's FAU, Houston, Baylor, the Florida State stop wasn't his best stop. They were still way better on offense than they were the year before. Joe Riggs says hello from Tampa. I love the show. Appreciate that, Joe. Lloyd Bogill, Lloyd Bogill says, "Wupixoo from Cleveland, Mississippi." Butch Joyner says, "Watching from Springfield, Illinois. Donnie A. Butt says, leaders need to step up. That includes the captains on the team. Absolutely got to have some leadership. Taylor Mitchum says, Little Rock. Jason Sublett says, well said, Trey. Thank you. Appreciate that. Larry Brown says, woo pig suey. Adam Mills says, do you, Trey, do you think Arkansas will make a bowl game this year? I don't. But, again, I haven't seen them practice together yet. Uh, I do think that they will win an SEC game or two. Right now, I'm saying five and seven, which is a tremendous step up from last year. That would probably mean winning two SEC games, winning three of the four non-conference games. So I will say right now I'm saying no, that they won't make a bowl game. But that's not really what I'm focused on. I'm focused on watching a team get better, be a team, get together, have that unity, something that you can start getting proud of again because – I mean, Arkansas football has just kind of been a joke, and there's too much to offer here, guys. There's too much to offer in Fayetteville for it to be the situation it is. And the one thing that you can say about Arkansas, it's a smaller state. It's a little farther away from the talent base, right? That's the one knock that you have on Arkansas. But when you talk about facilities at Arkansas, they're top of the line, A+. There is nobody starting a campaign saying, hey – Step up your donations. We want to build this building. We need this training facility. We need this uh, training table. We need, you know, all this stuff. We need a I mean, that stadium is complete. The Fred W. Smith Center is a state of the art facility. The Gene and Jerry Jones family, Jerry and Gene Jones family, Student Athlete Success Center, fantastic. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, aside from like a facelift type of thing here and there from a fan. Amenity type of thing, maybe, but as far as what a player needs to succeed, they're not going to find better stuff anywhere else. Fayetteville, Northwest Arkansas is a great place to live. Beautiful place to live. One of the best places to live in the country, and that's supported by U.S. News and World Report. Supported by U, uh What is it? U-Haul, I think, has something like that too. Uh, you know, uh, there, there's plenty of outlets that you know uh, that represent. What a great place Fayetteville is. So no excuse for it to be in the situation that it's in. I'm not saying it should be going and knocking off Alabama every other year or anything like that. But to be a disaster, come on. I'm just not buying it. I want to remind everybody, 60% off right now at hawksports.com, H-A-W-G-sports.com. So go sign up right now. Or if you want to try the dollar special, then you can do the dollar special. And also, you know, once you're done with this promo – and we did offer something recently, but uh, once you're done with the promo, whether you, if you, especially if you do the dollar, uh, you get CBS All Access for free. That's a $99 annual value for free. I mean, that's a heck of a deal. You can't find that. Plenty of ways to watch and listen, always available on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page. Again, we have almost 80,000 followers. If you want to see when the video pops up, we put all of our free content here and as well as a lot of national stories on our Facebook page. It's one of the, if not the best Facebook page for following Razorback coverage anywhere. So be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already and uh, hit the notifications bell. Throw us a thumbs up. Throw us a like if you like the content that we're doing. Let us know. Let others know, more importantly, that you do like what you see because The more interaction people have with our video, with our podcast, the more likely uh, it is to get bumped up when people do searches and things for Arkansas Razorbacks, things you might like, those types of things. So it really helps us out uh, just by simply throwing a thumbs up, commenting, sharing it with somebody else, all of those things. We'd really appreciate it. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please throw us a five-star review. Say something nice about the show if you like it. If you don't, don't worry about it. But if you do, we'd love to have that from you. don't want to make you do anything you don't want to do. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcasts. And I guess we'll be back with you guys next week. Who knows what might happen next week, but things are trending in the right directions finally. So hopefully that'll continue. Everybody stay safe out there. I want to thank Pete Roulier for joining us. I want to thank you for your questions. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this.